Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. What's happening, man? We are here for the Prestige TV Pod. This is Logan Murdoch. I'm here with Big Waz. You can touch him on group chat. And honestly, wherever you get podcasts around here, he's going all the way around. You can catch me on the real <laughs> ones. But we are here to talk billions. And more specifically, we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 11, Victory Smoke. I'm about to recap this thing. Waz, this is like a really interesting episode because I know the season finales always get the acclaim mm-hmm. in series. But I don't think like this episode before the season finale gets enough acclaim because that's the one that sets up all the shit that makes yeah. the season finale go. It, it sets the, the plants, all the seeds that you need for the season finale. And this has been a, been a bit of a weird season, but going into this episode, just a brief recap, Axe is trying to get into the weed business or more, more than anything, he's been tricked into getting into the weed business <laughs> <Right>. because... <laughs> Taylor, Chuck, and Prince have all teamed up to get on Axe. It's like when it's like when the 73, 73 and 9 Warriors came up to get against the Cavs. We don't know if the if 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 Axe is the Cavaliers right now or if he's just like, I don't know what he is right now. But um Axe is probably gonna face jail time. Why? Like, what do we think about after this episode? What what are you thinking after? Because you just finished watching this episode. What are you thinking? Your immediate thoughts right now. My immediate thoughts was, um, (laughs) so while they're all smoking those cigars in the office as like a victory cigar, um, you know how in the culture now we say we're smoking on such and such pack. I was like, Axe Capital is smoking on an Axe Capital pack. Right now in the office, like it's its own pack. They're rolling up themselves, <laughs> yes. right? But this is like this is like this is like corporate oligarch pack. They not they not put. It's like it's kind of whack though. You know why? Because it's not it's not. If you're gonna do a cannabis company, and I know where we're at, I don't even know the LA or the New York laws, but I feel like you can roll nah, up New a York, joint. They, you can, they let you do what right? you do now, yeah. But so mm-hmm. I think they, they would have been more appropriate to roll it up and then do that. I, I get like the red hour back, and we're going big into that, but. So let's get right into it, man. Like Axe gets, he gets double crossed and somehow Lawrence Boyd is involved on this in the cannabis deal. Lawrence Boyd lives to like screw over Axe. I don't mm-hmm. get what is going on in that thing. I don't, th- I don't think we're meant to know exactly what his role is yet. Not yet, not right. yet. But I think the biggest thing in this episode is really just the theme of the whole season five, which is... Everybody wants to win at the price of everything else. You talk about Chuck, who was willing to lose his wife for like the umpteenth time, which honestly, you a wild boy, Chuck, because I am keeping Randy Rose on my squad, right? I'm not going to let her get to my mortal enemy. And then you got, um, you have Axe running after Prince, who is like this corny, like, Trying to mask all of his competitiveness Uh, with corny slogans and things like that. We've seen that this whole time. And then we have Taylor's like obsession to get things way too early. Then we even got like Kate Sackers out here trying to get her political ambition, getting her political bag. What does this say this season really say about wanting something so bad that when it all costs, but when you have to pay the piper for the cost, is it all worth it in the end? What do you think about how that work and how that is playing out in season five? So it's funny because I happened to watch the whole 
season five within the last three days, right? Because mm. once I heard that they didn't finish shooting back in 2020 when the, the first seven episodes originally aired, I was just yeah. kind of annoyed by that. I was like, I don't want to watch it while it's half-baked. Like, mm-hmm. like they, they had to cut the season off. Like, am I going to watch it? So I watched it all within the last few days. And like when the seasons began, a lot of the themes was like, can people change? Is Mm. Chuck going to change? Is Axe going to do something different? It was about like, can people change? And I think early on, the impressions was, nah, people don't change. They they kind of sometimes change their behaviors. They might stop doing something or they might start a new hobby. But internally, it's the same thing that's driving them. And I think... You know, what you see by the end of the season is like, yeah, everybody is unchanged and everybody is still as ambitious, as nakedly ambitious as they've ever been on the show. To the detriment of, like you said, Logan, everything else. Like, right. like your it's, father, yeah. you're willing to throw your father under the bus. You killed your uh-huh. marriage. Axe is just like... I don't care about losing money anymore. I don't care. Like, I just want to kill people who I don't like. And... And even Taylor, like her own company and her own initiative, she's just like, you know what? I have to ruin this guy, like at the expense of literally everything else. And I think that's what you learn this season is like none of these people will or can change. They're all basically just like one another as far as all they care about is personal ambition. And, you know, it just goes crazy. It's funny you said that because with personal ambition, I always think about Kevin Durant after the 2017 finals where he says, like, I was I love this and it's supposed to be everything I ever wanted, but it didn't fulfill me. Right. One thing you see throughout this season is that same Kevin Durant philosophy is like these guys have made shitloads of money. Not mm-hmm. even I don't even know if gener- generational wealth is even appropriate for this. No, it's something it's higher than that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's something way higher than this. Yeah. Right. They've made all the money that they want and all their ambition has really are they've already got all their dreams and I see this with Axe this season where he's trying to get a bank. Why? Because he's trying to get richer, right? He's trying like what is the reason that you need to get a bank? And with him trying to get a bank, it's always funny to see him and Prince go at it. I think that that's really the biggest thing because Prince, it seems at least for the moment, has a purpose in his life, right? To make sure that he does it the right way, at least outwardly. That's something that he does. Does he have the same urges as Axe? Sure. But he doesn't share, at least outwardly, Axe's just wanting to crush every single thing. He does crush things, and he's probably not in tune with all of his emotions, but he is the great 180 to whatever Axe is doing. Do you think that Prince will ultimately win this battle? Because honestly, when you see this, and this is something that we're going to get to with Chuck in a second, but with Axe, it seems like there's always a simple solution to win in the greater good, but he wants to crush him so bad. He'd rather take the 50 to nothing win over the 50 to 49 win. Do you think that that is the lesson here? And do you think that Axe will learn this lesson in time or will Prince just ultimately get him at the end? So... You know, first, the first part about the bank, right? Like the part where he decides basically he wants to be a banker and he gives the exposition as to why he's like, yo, these dudes are too big to fail. Even when they screw up, governments come in and save these dudes. They have the easiest, cushiest job. So he's like, I want to be that. I'm tired of busting my hump. I'm tired of being like having to be two steps ahead ahead of everything. He says, you know, I want to be able to sleep at night, right? As comfortably as those guys do do as he's pointing at those bankers at like I guess billions version of like Davos or whatever and then (laughs) but then you see like he doesn't want to be a banker he wants to be axe while owning a bank he doesn't actually want to comport himself in the way that bankers do and you know when you talk about Mike Prince no I don't think he's gonna win because like they're setting it up because of his whole like Hamlet routine, right? Where he's so hesitant yeah. and he's just wrapped by indecision and I just don't know if I want to do this. You don't be- do you not believe him? Do you not believe no, him I when he says No, I do believe him, but I think okay. that's why he's going to lose. You understand? Mm. Like that like the show shows you over and over and over again when you have a moral compass, you get ran over every single time. I think the anecdote to that though is Axe being so obsessed with one person or two people that it always makes him lose. Now, the question is, how will Axe kill that urge to 
kill one person versus the greater good and being the best? How could he do that? What is your answer to him doing that? To me, ruthless doesn't have to be paired with stupid, right? Like, at, like but he's this, been stupid. That's though, what I'm but saying. He's been stupid. That's what I'm right. saying. Like at every turn this season, Wendy Taylor, everybody's just like, "Yo, bro, like we got the W. Why are you going back to like try to get an extra killing?" He's like, "No, I need to kill him. I need to kill him. I need yeah. to kill him." Even when he wins, there's something inside of him that's not allowing him to accept his victory. So like in the past, of course, there's been times where he was ruthless to people, but it served an end, right? Like it served something that he was actually pursuing for him to achieve it. This season, he's just a dog off a leash. Like this you guy You know what is- I think it is? He has no balance. He has no sense of balance. We'll talk about this later down the line, but once he divorced Laura, he didn't have any balance. He didn't have someone to tell him, yo, chill out. And his kids are too young and too impressionable to do that. You remember in the beginning of the season where his kid does the Bitcoin thing and just fucks up the whole school. And he's like, nah, we're going to we're going to save this. We're gonna, it's fine. You're good. Don't even trip. I'm going to bring blackmail. And you that was a very good little, you know, little little, little piece there for you to, to go back for the, to the end of the season. But I think the biggest thing with Axe is he just doesn't have a center right now. Yeah. So all he has to get his single frustrations out is this company. And that's the only thing that he's ever had. He doesn't have the family to fall back on. And that's my argument against, against him winning. Mm. And we'll talk about why him getting centered later on in the episode. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to get centered just enough for Prince to, to get up. I want to talk about Chuck Rhodes because mm-hmm. it's funny that Chuck and Axe are always going against each other, but they're literally the same person. One just yep. has more money right now, mm-hmm. right? They are mm-hmm. liter- That's something that you always see. Chuck has... While Axe has this obsession with Prince, Chuck has this obsession with Axe. He's trying to close his bank, even with his dad. And and he's trying to trick his dad into closing that bank. He's (laughs) using his divorce with Wendy Rhodes to try to get into Axe Cap records. (laughs) Into their records, right? He's trying to lure him into this cannabis deal when all you really want to say is, bruh, He's you're going to lose everything. You're losing your wife, who is like Wendy is honestly the coldest person in this whole show. Right. Like we can all imagine like she's the one that like has everybody wrapped around her finger and including Taylor. And so I don't just with Chuck in here. What is he's willing to lose it all? But is that a good thing, man? He even lost his girlfriend, his new girlfriend, who seemed like she was tight, like perfect <laughs> yeah, for him, she was right? Nice. She seemed cold, right? What do you do? You think that his obsession is going to ultimately? What is that going to ultimately lead to? Is he going to win anything out of this? What is he going to get? Yeah, you know, man. So Chuck, like, that's one of the coolest things about the show from the beginning is that they never positioned anybody as quote unquote good or bad. Even Wendy, we've seen her do some pretty. I love the nuance in that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep. some pretty vindictive, cutthroat stuff. Like, nobody's an angel. Nobody's a devil. It's just they're trying to explain to you, like, this is how power works. This is how it functions. This is how it corrupts. Like, even the people with the best of intentions, when they start out, they're going to turn into a monster once they start chasing and wanting to wield power, right? And so, you know, like, Chuck, again, he starts out, like, when he doesn't get the 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 freaking kidney from the Honduras migrant worker. And, yeah. you know, like he has his moments in the season where he doesn't do the OD over the top Chuck thing. But, you know, again, he's just nakedly ambitious. Like, like you said, like he just straight up sacrificed his marriage. It was like, because my wife will not kill, um, quit this job and I'm going to have to kill this dude no matter what, then I'm just done with my wife. She's just going to have to be on the other side of this. And it's it's just remarkable to see. I love how it's crumbling all down. I think that Brian Koppelman and the gang did a great job with this and just the writing of this, right? Because you're right. There's not a, a, a right or wrong answer. It's very nuanced. It's very nuanced. And, you know, especially when you're it's like you're writing a profile. I think they're doing a great job of writing a profile of every one of their lives. Right. Because at some point you're like, fuck Axe. And then you're like, fuck Chuck. And But you're like, but I understand. Right. And they do a good job of that this season with um fleshing that out. Like 
when they show you the whole absentee dad thing with Axe, and it basically explains, like, one, why he's hovering over his son's life like that, where he's where they have the conversation, like, do I let him sink or swim on his own? And the reason why he steps in so, like, he goes so over the top is because his dad literally did nothing for him, right? So he's like, I'm going to do the opposite of what my dad did for me, which is nothing, which is abandoned me, which is leave me alone. And so that that shows you why he's, you know, he, he treats his son this way, where he's like, I'm going to give this dude everything because I got nothing from my own dad. And then I think the dad thing explains sort of like the thing that drives him is that hate, that that nasty taste in his mouth that his dad left him. And that's what that's what moves him in his direction. So he's like, look, if I became a 10 millionaire, Chasing that, ch- excuse me, ten billionaire. <laughs> yeah, chasing, yeah, get it straight. Yeah, yeah, get it straight. <laughs> yeah, chasing that feeling and that pit inside of me, it becomes hard for people to get them off of that. I remember listening to an interview with Fifty, and the, you know the interviewer credit to the person I'm forgetting now, but he's like, yo, 50, like it kind of stopped pretty abruptly for you guys. It felt like y'all didn't try to change the sound, change the style. And 50's like, how am I change when we winning? Why would I, why would I listen to somebody telling me to change 10 million records out the gate, then another 10, then another number one. Why would I listen to somebody when I'm constantly Well, it's funny winning? because when that's the whole thing with the show, right? Is like, what is winning, right? Right. Because is, is it longevity? Is it right. the... The G unit where they go above or they have a great two, three year run. That's one of the biggest colossal right. runs of all time. Or do you want because 50s not selling the records that he no, was selling not. in 03. Right. No. And so that's the same thing with, with this is what is winning is winning, conquering your your we're seeing this with Drake right now. You're conquering your all of your enemies. But. Like, did you really win anything with Certified Lover Boy? That's mm. a, I don't know. You're you're OVO, you're OVO wise, so I'm I'm gonna chill on that. I mean, but I do want to make the point. <laughs> I do want to make the point with this is like with with Chuck. I do think there's a redeeming factor because in the beginning, remember, in the beginning of the show, he is not killing everyone he could kill. Like the the Yale situation where he got caught up in some shit when he's, you know, when he, the election, fixing an old school mm-hmm. election where he could have, the old Chuck would have gotten that done. Mm-hmm. I do feel there's a bit more empathy and I do think that he can come out on top with this. I don't know how yet, but I do think he can because he showed those signs where his axe hasn't. Am I wrong to feel that way, Ross? No, you're not. And, I, and I'm interested for the finale to see how they handle that because there, there were those moments, genuine moments this season where we do see a change Chuck, I mentioned not buying somebody's freaking kidney off the black market, which is something he would have easily done in previous seasons. I think his relationship with Sacker, where, you know, his previous protege, all he did was play the dude like a fiddle, lie to him at every single turn. Well, the, well to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, the dude was a fiddle. <laughs> he, he was. Yeah, I mean, Brian Connerty was a fiddle, <laughs> and, it, and, and he wasn't Kate. And we'll get to that in a second because Kate is on the on, on the agenda. But you, go go ahead, Wash. No, like you see, like his relationship with her seems to be more genuine and rooted in some actual respect for what she brings to the table. You know, um, she he kind of did some underhanded shit underneath, and she was like, "No, stop that. We promised we would yeah. be real with each other." And he kept, and he actually, you see him bringing her into the fold, and like, that, like, or even when he got kicked out of the school, got kicked out of Yale, and he just gracefully bowed. I was like, all right, you know what? The old me would have fought y'all tooth and nail for this, right? The new me, I'm moving on. So I'm curious to see how the showrunners be like. All right, are they going to reward this this principal behavior, or are they not? I I just have a hard time believing that they're going to reward Chuck for being a better person. <laughs> you, you bought, you, I mean, you know, I, th- I think that the gods, I'm, I'm, a t- I'm team Chuck, by the way. I'm team Chuck, by Got the way, you. as you guys can see. Mm. But the thing is, you brought up something, fatherhood, which is, but you brought it in the thing with Axe. Fatherhood, Chuck Sr. Mm-hmm. is an interesting thing right now in this, in this, uh, this season because when it came down to it, Chuck Jr. didn't give, the, give up the kidney, was Axe, right? Mm-hmm. And, Axe seems like the son that Chuck really wants, right? Or at least he wants those qualities in his current son, right? Mm-hmm. He really wants that. Mm-hmm. But do you see how do you how long is Chuck Sr. gonna kind of do this? How is he how long is <laughs> right. he gonna be team axe on this one, right? Because he is he had all the time to be a double agent, right? Remember when they right. go into the house? Mm-hmm. He has all the time to be a double agent, and he has not crossed Axe just yet. Or Wendy, who who he loves, who is going to be his daughter-in-law forever. He hasn't crossed those two yet. 
do we think that in a season finale, maybe that that that's going to happen? How long is this relationship going to last? Well, you know, that's a billion special. Like we never know when the yeah. cross is yeah. going to double, triple, quadruple. You yeah. never know what's coming around the bend with that. So, yeah, definitely that's that's something to watch. And like, you know, when you touched on the theme of the fathers and sons, like that's a especially early on, like we see Wags is like having a crisis about what kind of father he's been to his sons and his daughters and all his illegitimate father kids. Fatherhood is taking a, is taking a toll is taking a toll right now. Like, like taking a fathers are not on doing show. We're, we're, we're not doing great right now, guys. We need to be better fathers on television. We're not doing a good job right now. Axe being a terrible father, that really cool scene, I think it was episode 10 where um, Chuck makes they just show him making an omelet like Paul Giamatti just no up. that was one of the that was one of the greatest scenes in so television cool. here history yeah. he got the flip I was like oh this is this is nice so parentage and fatherhood has definitely been a crazy part of the season and a theme of the season and showing like yo how you're reared, man, the people around you who are raising you have a big hand in like the type of person that you turn out to be or what demons you carry with you, you know, going forward. But yeah, we don't know what Chuck Senior about to do. We don't know. But I do want to talk about Taylor now and their obsession with the scent. Now, this is somebody this is something that I can really relate to. Right. Really being young in the space. Right. And wanting something probably before you earned it. Right. Wanting showing so much potential, but wanting something so bad you're willing to skip steps. And I think with Taylor, they're so brilliant. They are such a brilliant everything, right? And, you know, they're right out of college. All they know is college stuff, and they have to go through life figuring out everything that was fucked up in their lives, you know, their relationship with their father that goes way back into past seasons, and also failing. And that's something that, especially with millennials, we can't fail at this point. Now, you know, we at least we have the mindset of where we can't fail. And they are going through that and having to be responsible for so much money. When it comes with their obsession with ascent, they're trying to tell Axe what to do. And Axe is like, yo, man, you're like 24 years old. What the fuck do you know? You wasn't outside. You don't know. So you're kind of getting those, these things right now. And now Taylor is actually right with their convictions. Now, how does Taylor kind of figure their way through this right now? How do they figure that out? Do you how do you do they ultimately win in this one? Do they figure out how how does this work out? Because they've they've teamed up with Chuck and Prince probably for the greater good as what we know right now. But they're teaming up once again against Axe. What do, how did they, do they get their own company again? Do they have to go out on their own? What do you see happening with, with Taylor? You know, Taylor, I feel like, is the closest thing that the audience has to an avatar. Meaning, the way they positioned that character is they are the only person with any sort of principled stances or morality to how it is they carry out their business, right? Taylor is the only character who has that. However, I think the show's general thesis is that Taylor cannot win because they are drawn to power just as much as all of the other bad actors. So no matter how altruistic she wants to, excuse me, they want to be in how they carry out their missions, the need, the, the pull that power has over Taylor will ultimately always win out in the end. That's why I don't think they can actually like win. Even her, you know, Taylor, <laughs> the Taylor Carbon Initiative, which like, you know, I think the show is doing a, a, a little snide commentary about a certain like sort of moral indignity when it comes to climate people and like, they're doing their little digs about those kinds of people who really well, care the about the, the day, planet. I think we're seeing this as a country right now, right? It's all—it's not about the greater good. It's about the greatest amount of wealth. And I think that this show does a really great job of that, right? Like, you can have your carbon division, but right now, bro, that's <laughs> yeah, why shit goes exactly. so slow. We should have been green <laughs> 10, 15 years ago, but it wasn't profitable enough, right? And I think that that's what we're seeing. And I think one thing I wish for Taylor is that they just learn a bit more about how to do this. They don't have to have everything so fast. And I think that's, that's something that 
younger people, especially now, millennials are starting to get a lot more chances a lot faster than their predecessors. And that has, you know, that 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 you really get the clashing when you see that. And I think that the best thing that Taylor can do right now is learn from all of this and make sure that their hands are clean from it. I think that they are so hung up in being the best right now just like the rest of the show, in their own way, they're trying to be the best and it's just not working out. I just wish Taylor just sat on the sidelines and let everybody else fuck up and then pick up all the pieces, right? I don't know if that's going to happen. They can't because they're too good at it. Like, Taylor is such a master at what it is they are asked to do on a daily basis. Like, Axe recognizes it. Wendy recognizes it. What I do think, though, is they're always trying to get a hold of the greater good. And I think that that's hard to do in the society that we're currently in. Because in a capitalism, we don't give a fuck about your morals. We don't care about that. There's no there's no way of doing that. How can you monetize this, right? That's do the you biggest earn? thing. Is how, and so <laughs> I think Taylor is going to have to figure out if they're okay with taking a hit financially. And th the biggest... They can be cool with taking a hit financially, just living a normal, great life. But it's hard because they employ so many people, right? They employ the McPhees. They employ, they're trying to get themselves off the ground. It's just not that's. And I think the show does a great job of showing like the conflicts with morality. It just it doesn't you can't be 100 percent morally honest. It just doesn't work in this society. The show does a good job of positioning Taylor's sort of empathy instincts a little subtly, right? When Wendy's basically like, yo, I'm going to get Axe to give me the $25 million that I need so I could give Chuck this bread so that he doesn't go rummaging through our books. Taylor's like, I don't want Axe owning that much of my independent shit. Yeah. Right. But she sees she trusts Wendy. Excuse me. They trust Wendy enough that, oh, snap, Wendy's now personally involved with Axe. So I'm going to now give Wendy and Axe the benefit of the doubt. If if they wanted to be ruthless about all of that, it would be like Axe, no shot in my signing off. But even that, but see, here's even that is a sign of business, right? Because they are trying to figure out both sides. The morality, they love Wendy. They love right. Wendy, right? They have that relationship. But also, hey, check this out, Axe. Fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> fuck you. But I, I, I don't. I, I, I think. Honestly, if I have to make a prediction and we're going to make the predictions later, I think that ultimately Taylor goes the moral route. I just think that that's what it is. I, mm. I don't I don't know if that but I do want to go along real quick. Another theme of this, right, is uh, quarantine is COVID in this. Right. I think and how this show. I think the biggest question was, was how this show is going to um, include COVID into the script. And this was, like you said, you referenced this earlier, how, you know, I think they did seven episodes mm -hmm. before the pandemic mm -hmm. and they did the rest post pandemic. And I think that they did the best job that they could. Now, yeah. was it perfect? Nah, nah, they didn't do it. They didn't do a perfect job of seamlessly doing it because like one episode, they are in coronavirus. And then the next episode, I don't know if they switched up, but all of a sudden they have the vaccine like a week later and they only got the vaccine enough for the main characters like Dollar Bill and like and all yeah. these people. And then you have Axe, the actor who plays Axe, he's actually, he actually did most of his scene. Damian Lewis did most of his scenes in Europe because yeah, in his wife passed. And so he had to do that and they integrated him well with the video calls and things like that. They did a really good job. Were you were you impressed by how they have doing this? Is one of the first show, yeah. big shows that has actually took on coronavirus. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the thing is, <laughs> it's true to life. Uh, ultra wealthy people's experience of the pandemic does not mirror our own, right? right? So the the idea that they would project an image that these people have basically been mostly unaffected by a pandemic that's killed tens of millions of people globally, uh, that seems like that. That speaks like it's true to life to me and for me. So I thought they did a, a great job with that. Like, I think about, you know, I remember Kim Kardashian flew her whole family to a secluded island in, in Tahiti yeah. for her birthday. And it was just like, well, I mean, that's what they do. That's what rich <laughs> you know people what I mean? do. Yeah. That's, that's what they do. So I thought they did a good job of 
integrating it while not making it, while not letting COVID sort of become the main thrust of the show. Cause I think the show, that would have been a disservice to the show. And also when you already did seven episodes to take this hard, sharp left turn to address COVID would have been kind of ridiculous too. I think what they did a great job of is like, obviously we're living in COVID, right? But you see, you just, you see it subtly. It's not all the way in your face, right? But just like in regular life, like obviously COVID is a thing, but when you're in the confines of your own home and things like that, you don't have your mask on every single day. But also when you're in the office, you know, you have, they have people walking around with masks on, right? They don't, they, 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 they made it very, very subtle in a way that I, that has been pretty good. But the biggest thing though is love. I think that's the, that's one of the biggest undertones of this uh, of this season. Love between <laughs> characters, right? Let's, we know what we want to get to, but let's get to the, let's get to one first. Wags and his little boot thing. Oh my goodness! Wags got him I a little mean, boot thing. A it, I don't know if it's serious. I, mean, I don't look. know if it's serious, but here's the. Th I know it's serious, but here's the thing. I think this is the. I want to get your thoughts on this. But he got him a little young thing. He's out here getting dates with at the office. You know yeah. what I mean? He's really trying to embrace it. I think this is the woman before the one. I don't think this is the one. I mm. think this is the one before the one. What do you what do you think? You think that this is what's what's going on? It's so crazy because it just shows you the sort of imbalance between the the sexes, right? Uh Wags could basically spend his whole life being an absentee dad and being a scrub at it and barely knowing or understanding any of his kids then decide midlife, whatever, I'm a millionaire. I can find a young mate and I can procreate again and do this all over again. I thought to myself, I was like, man, like a woman couldn't really have that, you know, fifth chance at motherhood in that same way. Right. Like it would be a lot harder to execute watching the show that like that struck me that Wags could just be a complete fuck up when it comes to parenthood and there'd be absolutely no consequences to it. He's rich enough that and powerful enough that he could just male privilege too. Yeah, you man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's he could just yeah. find a new woman and procreate with her, but he seems determined to put a baby in this woman and I'm not mad at him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one of the things though, the young old between male and women, like Men getting younger relationships has always fascinated me. That's a podcast for another day. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> it started off as feeling like revenge, right? Because mm -hmm. he, he fucking dude with the he's trying. It seemed like when he went to go meet the the girl's father. Um, excuse me with names. I, I should have put this name down. But if you the, she went to go beat his boo boo's father, it winds up being the guy that first off embarrassed him at the party when Wags was about to be the bell of the ball, got all dressed up in his little dress and his heels and stuff. And they just roasted him and they, they fucking laughed him out of the building. Right. And then he gets his all out of revenge because Wags got the plot of land. Now the, the burial plot of land. And then now they go back around and it seems like a revenge play. You get the, the dude winds up being the girl's father, the dude that, that he, that he wants revenge off of. Not only does he get revenge of screwing the dude's daughter, but then he finds love out the end because the daughter is like, yo, I love you. Let's go, Waggy. You feel me? Let's go, boo. We, we about to make it happen. Great writing by the Billions writers. That was great. We're not going to pretend that her character has been as fleshed out as, say, a Wendy or a Taylor. Or, and it doesn't you know, have to be right and now. And it doesn't have to be, but it's not hard for me to understand why somebody might fall in love with that woman. <laughs> you know, it seems rather obvious. <laughs> you think that she's fine? You think that she's fine? Is that what you're saying? I, I see it all I the mean, time. I mean, all of them is fine. No. <laughs> she, she, she scratches, she scratches uh, all of, you know, Wags' urges. You feel me? Shout out to her. You know what I mean? She's out here doing what she got to do. But yeah, it is cool to see him, you know, sort of find a love interest and just exploring that because I think the show's been really cool about exploring like the deeper, deeper interior lives of the characters who aren't Wendy, Taylor, Axe, and Chuck, right? Like they've done yeah. a decent job of exploring these ancillary people and sort of fleshing their storylines out a little bit. So I was, I had fun with with Wags' midlife crisis about being a horrible dad. I don't know, man. I think he might marry her, dog. I it think he feels might. like it. It sure felt like it when the episode I, ended. But I told you, though, this seems like the forced boo-boo. Not to say he don't love her. But it does seem like the fir the forced one right before you like you right. gotta learn some lessons first he's, before he's you get to the one. He's finally in the right mindset for it, 
And so it probably not going to work with her, but the mindset is finally there. And so yeah. he can make it work with somebody else. All right, now let's get to the shits, man. Let's get to the shits. We already know. We, we're talking about love. Like, we already know what this is, right? Wendy and Axe. Oh, man. We've been, listen, we've been knowing this since she stepped in the pool with him butt naked. Mm -hmm. I forgot the season, but we've known that this was going to happen. That we know that there's been tension. <laughs> oh, she, oh, she showed that she wasn't wearing a That's how she had to show she wasn't wearing a wire? Listen. We knew it was popping right when that happened, right? We knew yes. that was what was going to happen. But it's they did a great job because they didn't give us what we wanted. We wanted this for like three or four seasons mm -hmm. now. We've wanted this. We've known that this was going to happen. And they just gave us a little tidbit. Because remember, when she stepped in that pool butt naked with Axe, she was a married woman and still mm -hmm. did it. Mm. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> We've Scandalous. had the slow burn. <laughs> Chuck Rhodes, like, has, let's be real, has literally pushed her into Axe's arms with yeah. his actions. Literally mm -hmm. has just, like, here, take my wife. You can have her. Has just done that. She had the relationship with the painter, and Axe was out here dirty macking, and she that fell was for crazy. it. She that fell was crazy. for it. What, did you, what were your immediate thoughts during the FaceTime call? What were you thinking? Were you in awe? Were you, like, in your, in your soap opera bag where you were, like, you had your tissue with you? Or were you, so, like, were you cheering? What, what, was, what was Waz like when so, he was watching the scene? So... Obviously, like you said, they set it up the whole season, right? Where he's doing this ridiculous stuff that's blatant, obvious jealousy, obviously dirty macking, calling her into a meeting when she pulls up to the dude's apartment. Well, granted, Axe was paying for it, but, you know, yeah. it was just like, geez, dog, like, relax a little bit. So we knew we were building up towards it, but you thought, like, Man, maybe they're going to still slow play it, slow play it. What I did, what I enjoyed most about it, though, Logan, was that Wendy didn't even try to front. She wasn't even like, oh, I don't know, this, this, and that. She said, I mean, oh. I mean, she got butt naked with him <laughs> while she was married, so I don't think she had to front. <laughs> she just immediately, she didn't say, oh, I need to sleep on it, I need to think about it. She's like, wow, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> well, you know what it is, though? Like, it's not even... Here's the thing, man. This is what it comes down to. Chuck never came through when he was supposed to and acts always, not even a question. Even, even when she was hesitant to ask him for a favor, acts always always held her down mm -hmm. and that's why she that's why she mm -hmm. got into his arms it's not really a surprise with this man if you don't hold your chick if you don't hold your chick down if you don't hold your person down somebody else please believe somebody else will and that 100%. is that is a that is a that is a non-binary fact no matter who your person is if you don't take care of them somebody else will please believe that and now axe is taking care of chuck's girl to it's the tough. point where it's finna be axe's chick where is this gonna go That's where tough. is this going that's tough because, man, the craziness, too. And, you know, the elephant in the room from the beginning of the show, and I think the show has done a good job basically alluding to everybody understands the fact that Chuck and Wendy are not a physical match. <laughs> like, the idea that a woman that successful and that physically attractive you don't think, bro, bro, but you got to understand, though, you don't know the backstory. Chuck might have, no, no, listen, Chuck got away with words. I can he, see how he can bag Wendy. He's, and, and his, when he's, he's in it, when, he, when he's in his bag, he could get he got, a Wendy Rose. He, That's he, why he got a bag. He could get a, could, she, could he keep her, though? You understand what I'm saying? Like, no, when, no, when, no, no. I believe that he could have kept her under the right circumstances. Mm. Literally, if he would have just said, I don't give a fuck anymore, like, I don't care, dog, I don't care. If he just put his checked his ego at the door, he could have lived a fantastic life. He could have got his ass whipped in the bedroom like he loves it, right? He could have still been getting whipped. He could have still been going, getting these wild threesomes popping. He would have been rolling. He would have been fine if he would have just checked his ego at the door. I do think Chuck could have kept this marriage. They were they have two two kids together. Yes, they could have got the marriage going. Yeah, I I believe that Wendy was definitely you know seduced by Chuck's intellect, his charm, his wit. I, I, don't, I don't discount that. But when you add in all of the other demerits, where it's like, all right, this dude is kind of an egomaniacal person. He is kind of singularly driven by one thing, more so than even our own marriage and our family, right? Like, and you know, like, let's face it, like, Wendy's now, she's super rich. Like, I don't need 
no, I don't need nothing from you, Chuck. Like, I need yeah. nothing from you. I'm still out here looking like a ting. So it, it's not like I can't go hey, back into the day. Yeah, let's give an appreciation for how much of a ting Wendy is. Oh, okay, man. shout she's out incredible. Wendy. You were, she's an incredible woman, dog. Shout out Wendy Rhodes. But Inc- Incredible. Okay, now here's the question, Was Because she's de- basically going from the sa- one person to the exact same person with more money, mm-hmm. right? And more access. Does she get hurt in all this? I think she gets hurt in all this, man. I think eventually Axe is going to hurt her too. She needs to... Yeah. yeah. I think that she's going to... I think she's going to eventually like get her heart broke no matter what. I, I, You know, it's interesting. I don't even... I, I don't know that I've considered whose heart would be broken, but... And they touched on it. I think Wags touched on it a little bit when he when he basically told Wendy, like, yo, you acting like a chick whose nose is open, like you sprung or something. Like, what's going on? He's like, oh, you are. All right, well, it's going to mean X, Y, and Z. I can't wait to see how the show handles their relationship under this dynamic. Also, they're going to be two co-workers in, re- as a rela- in a relationship. It's tough. That's going to be sick. That's, that's going to be sick. That's, it's not going to work. I don't know if that's going to work out either. That's, that's I mean, shout out to all the people that are out here get, getting in relationships with they, with they with their co-workers out there. You know? Shout out to that. But I don't think that's going to work in this, right? It's out there. It's out there. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in many a workplace. I can proudly say that, and this is no shit that I've never done. I always thought that, you know, like when you do have a significant other, like you want to be able to have certain sanctuaries, right? Like if you at your job and you in a beef with your significant other, they can't just come up to you, walk up to your desk and just start riffing like, whoa, you know what I mean? But like, once you work with somebody, there's no, there's no break from this. Like y'all constantly in it. So I'm interested to see how the dynamic changes because when she was just, you know, basically his peer at the job, she felt emboldened to tell him basically everything that's on her mind. To yep. Undress this dude, tell him about himself. But now that's that what he's... she liked. What's kind of turned him on? Mm-hmm. What's kind of rocked? What's mm-hmm. he like? Mm-hmm. But now I just that, think that you yeah, know go ahead. how you gonna go ahead. manage that now? Sorry, like how you gonna manage that? Because now See, you gotta comfort this dude. I think with them though, I think there might be a lesson learned to where, yo man. As long as you know you could do it, that could be enough, mm-hmm. right? As long mm-hmm. as you know y'all could go there, that could be enough, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I don't think that they should do this. I don't think that it's smart. It's I do not idea. think that it's smart. I think it's a very bad idea. It's a bad idea. What, d- All right, predictions right now. What happens to to them in the, in the long term? Wait, I, wait. You know wait. what? What? Hold on. Hold on. Let me just let me just pre- let me just get this right. Let me just Go get ahead. this right. All Go right. Ahead. You don't even got to edit this out, Lonnie Mac. We're ro- we're rolling. All I'm we're gonna this. We're talking about predictions here. I'm just gonna set it all the way up. We're talking predictions for the season finale and beyond right now. Season finale. Do do Axe and Wendy just take it on full throttle? Is there the passionate scene we've always been wanted? Is that's the first question of the predictions in season and the season finale right now? I think there's going to be a realization that he's going to get pinched and it's going to be this comfort, love, comfort. He's going to finally come yeah, back to yeah, New yeah. York. You're gonna be he's my finally going to come back. Yeah. She's going to be his Winnie Mandela, basically, right? Mm. And, my, and my, predi- my prediction is definitely that he gets pinched and probably does like two and a half, three months or something like that. But he's going to oh, get so, pinched. So, 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 they, so in this episode, they go all the way. They have their love scene that, they've been, that we've been just waiting so. for them to have. They're gonna try to fight it. They're gonna try to beat it. They're gonna do the whole. No, I don't think they're thing. gonna try to fight it. I don't. Oh, the billions writers are gonna try to fight. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Saying. They're gonna. Okay, they're, okay, they're okay. gonna try to. They're gonna make it. They're gonna do, have an episode centered around them trying to get out of this jail thing somehow, even though they're dead to rights, right? Then yeah. Wendy and Axe are gonna realize that he's going to the pokey, and it's gonna be comfort or whatever, and then they're gonna make love. So I, that's what I do think is gonna happen with that portion of the story. Okay. Okay. I, all right. All right. I think. I think you don't think gonna, he's gonna, gonna slice in the episode. You don't think so? No. I, th- I think he's gonna smash it. I think they're gonna. <laughs> I think they're gonna have very. I think they're gonna make passionate love. I think there's a lot of tension that's happening. Yeah, there. So he much. bought her a whip. He bought her a car. Bruh. He's like he bought gave her twenty five million dollars. An apartment. Like, it was like not man. all of that. It's 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 not even the money. It's not even the objects. It's the fact that he always held her down. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna. She's, that's her thanking him for doing that, right? Like, that's, that's you know, for being down and being good, I think that they're going to do it. Now, beyond, I don't know if that's going to work out. I do not think that's what's going to happen. Now, another prediction that I have, 
this is something that we haven't talked about that I skipped over and we're going back to it. Is Kate, is Kate's undercutting of Chuck going to backfire on her? I don't think so. Let's give context so. to this. Let's give context to this. So she fucking sent her dad to jail for her political ambitions and also without Chuck's knowledge. Is that going to backfire? I know Chuck was cool at the end, like, okay, you're my little whippersnapper. Okay, <laughs> all right, I taught you well. I taught you well. What do you think? I think I think Chuck has got, he got what he wanted. Axe is, he's going to be arrested. Chuck's going to have the ability to put the cuffs on him. He's going to get to bust his nut, finally. So I don't think... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't think he's going um, to take hey, it hey, out Put that in context. Much. What? He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make sure that he gets his... That he... <laughs> And he get he finally he, got his rocks off because this 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 axe thing has been what's been driving. No, he's fine. Okay, let's just make this clear. He's gonna make sure that he gets. He's gonna make sure that he, getting his rocks off means that he's gonna finally capture axe. Is what yeah, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna okay, finally because you're the talking cuffs. about Kate. And I'm, all right, no, all right, no, all right, no. All right, all right. <laughs> no, Kate. Right, you're wild. All right of now. that was insert. <laughs> that didn't derail the ultimate goal. The main thing, which has always been to. Get Axe, put him away, be the one that goes, yeah, I did it to you, Axe. So I don't yeah, think but that's this is been too, This is too obvious of a strategic move for it to work, I think. Mm. It's too obvious of a strategic move. I think that what's going to happen, I think she's just going to get undercut. You don't think that? You don't think that there's a little, little, little undercut that she's not going to get burned on this? There'll be room for that next season as far as they're going to reposition everybody and the chess, the chess pieces are going to move. And then there's going to be room for Chuck the Snaker. Don't worry. I just don't think it's going to happen. Here's the thing, though. It's funny you said, I don't think that it's going to be, I don't think that's going to be Chuck that snakes her. I think is what is going to happen is just by just all the moving parts, she's going to be left out of this, right? Because she overstepped in a way that she shouldn't have. Is what, or maybe that, that can be perceived as she shouldn't have done it. And also, Kate is one of my favorite characters because she will do anything for her political ambitions. This has nothing to do with Chuck. This has nothing to do with Axe. This has, this has everything to do with her political ambitions. She does not want the, she doesn't want this, the stench of weed, the weed, to fuck up her political ambitions. Does she think weed is probably going to eventually pass? Probably. She's not, she, she just doesn't want it to be associated with her future campaign and bite her in the ass. She just doesn't want yeah, that right 100%. now, right? Yeah, 100%. And Kate, uh, throughout this season, has been one of the few rational actors right like every single yeah. thing that she does has a, a like this it's meaningful in pursuit of the goal that she stated so she spent the whole year being a very very calculated rational actor she probably the only one in the whole season she's been the smoothest the slickest just operator in the whole show this year for sure especially when you consider like our normal you know killers and smooth operators like Wendy is going ahead and fall in love with her boss, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, it's been dope to watch Kate move and groove this year. Yeah, I, but I, what I think I like about Kate is that it doesn't matter how much, if, if she's a, she is the only one that has been a snake to Chuck, and sn Chuck was like, you got me, bro. Respect. You got me. Come back <laughs> on my team. It's all good. Like, she was sitting there as he was walking out of his job. She was sitting there. I, I, fuck with, I fuck with Kate. I fuck with Me Kate. Me too. Do Chuck and Axe finally find fulfillment? Real philosophical one. No. They can't because the show won't no. even go, keep going on. They can't. No, they have and, to keep and, going and, on and, this. But the kinds of people that they are, there's the, like that's the point. They, they're never satiated. They're always, they always have to be chasing something. They, they, like, that's just, just not wired to be satisfied to, you know, get a big win and just kick yeah. it on the couch and go vacation for a few weeks and X, Y, and Z. Like, it feels like those two specifically, like, they can't. They, they just want to gobble up, acquire, and take everything. The money, the, well, especially the power. Does, in the final episode, does Prince... Does Prince win the season, right? Because he was the one that came on the Vanity Fair episode at the beginning. He was always mm -hmm. a foil for Axe. And we're still in the same season five. Does he, he had the fucking weak ass powwow at his, at his, at his, at his, um, the little resort at his house. He had the weak ass thing where he tried to mask. Oh, this is so great. You know, we could all just get ideas. No, right? Do we feel that he's gonna win at least this season? And finally be like a true foil 
to Axe to where he gets the upper hand going into, into season six? I don't know. It feels like to me there's been too many smug smiles and too much like ridiculous white guilt, too much projection. I just find it hard to believe that he's actually going to be rewarded for this bullshit good guy shtick that he's on. I don't buy any of this Michael Smith. I think he is a good guy. I think he is a good you guy. Think I think so? that he's a, I think he's a good guy, but he's just not in a place for good guys. So he does have to be an asshole and has to be all of these things, but he doesn't like it about himself. Whereas Axe and Chuck have looked themselves in the mirror and says, I'm a sick fuck. I don't think Prince has done that yet. I don't think Prince has had the sick fuck conversation with himself in the mirror. So the reason why I say this is because I'm of the belief that the show has a very clear opinion of the rich and the powerful and that sure. they're horrible people, right? Uh, like that's Well, you what, have to inherently be horrible yes, to get to that state. You, you can be a nice be person. Right to thrive, to succeed in the spaces that these well, people you can't exist be good in. in everybody's eyes. I think sure right? because everybody has their yeah, motivations. To your kids, and I don't know, if, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, to your niece who you always get right. nice stuff for Christmas, you're great. But don't bring her into the business. No, Do not bring her into no, the business. No, because yep. then she's then you'll be unmasked. So I just, I just think knowing the show's own basically politics and ideology around the uber rich and the uber famous. That's why I don't think that character is going to be rewarded with this fake ass piety. So I look forward to seeing him get his comeuppance, honestly. Is Taylor going to get caught up in the rapture or are they going to get their own business out of this? I think Taylor's the only person who, as the season progressed, they started seeing the chess pieces more clearly. Yeah, because they were so naive to start this season. They were so naive yeah. to the way this works. I think Taylor is the only one. They are the only one who started like, oh, okay, I see how this person works. I see how this person works. Okay, I see how it's all connected now. Taylor is finally, finally seeing it clearly. They are going to... End of this season, fine, I think. Okay, okay. Last one, if you had to guess. I've alluded to this. I think that Prince is going to win this season. Who do you think wins this season? Oh, he's thinking. Momentarily, he's thinking. momentarily it's going to be Chuck. Momentarily. Mm. He's going to have Listen, his moment. I like that. I like that. But he's going to win and he's going to lose because... That's I always think, how it works. Yes, he's going to put the cuffs on Axe. And then he's also going to find out that Axe is actually now having sex with his wife. And so it's going to be... <laughs> no one wins, bro. No one wins. No all right. So, all right. This is the last question. I think you already answered it before we get out of here. Does Axe get out of the torture chamber? Axe is getting locked. He's going to get the, you know, the slap on the wrist billionaire locked. Yeah. It's not he's not gonna do three years or anything stupid like that. It's gonna be like, you know, uh country nah, bro, club prison for like two months, community service, pay back a bunch of money. And yeah, he's gonna go to the country club joint though. He's gonna get that vaccine first though. <laughs> that was a, an addition of the prestige TV podcast. We're gonna be back next week, me and Waz, to talk billion season finale. Deserve. <laughs> 